What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. One of the very first public decisions by newly elected Mayor Sheng Tao was also very controversial. She first put she she first put then Oakland Police Chief Laron Armstrong on at paid paid administrative leave, and then she fired him after an investigation took place. She did these things because Chief Armstrong broke the rules. He engaged in conduct that continued the legacy of the Blue Wall of Silence, which in police departments across the country covers up, excuses, and allows for bad behavior by law enforcement. But rather than hail her decision as bold and courageous and as, by the way, an absolute about-face from the neoliberal administration of Libby Schaaf, as I did, um, say that her decision was bold and courageous, some groups, some black-led groups, were enraged and organized rallies and protests to defend the scandal embroiled chief. Many of us watched in horror as the NAACP stood on the steps of City Hall with the co-opted slogan of Black Lives Matter instead of the names of people murdered by cops. The sign said, Chief Armstrong Matters. This isn't the first time the NAACP has been on the wrong side of police accountability efforts. In my almost 15 years of doing this work, they have been the consistent Oakland black voice in opposition to police accountability efforts. Former President George Holland chastised us for shutting down the West Oakland BART in the name of Mike Brown murdered in Ferguson in 2014. They vehemently opposed divesting from OPD's bloated budget to invest in things that will actually make our community safe, like, I don't know, housing. And now they are defending a police chief whose record is adequate at best, while also appointing to their executive board a community member who believes threatening violence is the way to move to his political agenda. What is happening? Our guest this morning tried to answer that question in his recent article in the San Francisco Chronicle. As the Oakland NAACP battles for fired police chief, it also fights for its relevance. We are joined today for the first time, also two first-time guests on Lawn Disorder today, Justin Phillips, who was a columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle and has worked there since 2016. What's up, Justin? Kat, what's going on? You know, talking smack early on a Wednesday morning, uh, getting my day started off proper. Getting uh, popular early, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Waking folks up a little bit, long day coffee. Um, Justin, I actually, you know what, like, I, I, something that I appreciated about the article that I hope that you will do for my listeners who maybe haven't read it was you did spend some time talking about the history of the NAACP. And I'm wondering if you could just walk us through a little bit of that, specifically the the Oakland chapter in its early years. Yeah, I mean, that that's the that's one thing that I think is important to point out. Like you 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 know, if you're gonna be critical of a very important, you know, legacy organization, you also have to point out like where it's its successes have been. And when you go all the way back to, you know, the time in America when we had lynching and Jim Crow laws, the Oakland NAACP branch, you know, which was organized like around 1915, uh, immediately got involved in the nationwide efforts to overturn those those lynching and Jim Crow laws. Um, And then from there, you know, they they were really great at using the court system, like using lawsuits, 
um, boycotts, you know, to address issues around employment access for black people, education access, um, you know, housing segregation. Uh, they were a voice against police brutality, like all of these things decades ago. The Oakland NAACP branch had a uh, had a pivotal role in like this this whole national movement, and you know they pushed for black electeds. They uh, those yeah that was the influence that they had for decades, like decades ago. What is also true, Justin, about their history is that they have long been in opposition to more radical black organizing uh, when the black power movement emerged and the slogan along with it, black power, the NAACP was in direct opposition to using that slogan and regularly criticized both the politics and the strategy of the Black Panther Party, of which... Oakland is the birthplace. Fast forward 50 plus years later, and it's same folk, same rhetoric, same conformist party lines. Your thoughts? I mean, and and I think that's one of the things that I approached, which is, you know, like what may have been radical decades ago doesn't feel so radical now. And you're absolutely right. Like the more progressive, um, you know, uh, movements that have happened, they've been uh, kind of kind of working counterintuitive to them or just, you know, a little bit in opposition to them. And I think it's like a, an organization that has, you know, found proven results in we do things this way, you know, step one, step two, step three. And when you're trying to be uh, revolutionary at a time when the country needs it most, you're not going to go step one, step two, step three. You're going to find, you know, alternative approaches. You're going to find non-traditional paths. You're going to, you know, make explosive arguments. Like it, it's it's different from how they've gone about things. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's been, and you can kind of see it now. Like we've been talking about it for, you know, and there there have been other black writers who have tackled this too. Like going back to the you know two thousands where. They would wrestle with newer movements and where the NAACP fits into them or, you know, how Black Lives Matter is doing, you know, something that's way more aggressive than what the NAACP is doing and whether the NAACP members agree with it. Like we've been having this the conversation that I had in my column that you and I are talking about isn't a new one. Like this has been going on for years. Like how do you stay relevant as an organization? And it's not unfair criticism. But it is a question that at some point, you know, there's validity to it if we've been asking it for like a decade. Like you you want the organization to be as relevant as possible. And that might mean making some changes like that. That's that's the larger conversation. And it almost feels like the, the it, there's a fear, right, of of losing their status uh, and and the way that maybe they translate, right, their status as the black organization mm-hmm. into power um mm-hmm. you know this, this, this go no go ahead please yeah yeah no that, that's a really good point and i think like i think there like the, there's no organization like the naacp like black-led organization that has such a close proximity to power and influence you know just because of its history and you know you have um a lot of members that are older that have you know we, you know, ha- have helped usher in like certain candidates into certain positions, like over decades. They have, you know, they they know what 
influence like having the ear of a politician can have. And I think once you start questioning like the credibility of an organization, like the members have to worry about, okay, is that going to erode our ability to, to have a politician's ear? And that can be frustrating. Like what you and I, Kat, are doing is having a healthy dialogue about, you know, uh, like often we're talking about black elders in this moment, having a healthy dialogue about what they can do to be on the right side of history for a lot of things moving forward. And it's not some like extra, you know, it's criticism, but it's not saying that they're irrelevant. It's like, these are ways you can improve. And I think when, when some members hear that, they think we're trying to, uh, you know, dilute that political influence that they've known for a long time. Let me be really clear. I'm trying to explode it because, yeah. and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, Justin, mm -hmm. because it's not, it's not that, right, we, we have to, right, it's, it's, it's ideo ideological fantasy to say that you, you're never going to engage the state and you're never going to engage systems of power. You saw this fight just play out with me and, and, and some folks, right, post mm -hmm. the Tyree Nichols um, uh, uh, a rally that happened. You, of course, right? They, they have the power to uh, impart resources or a, a lot of pain on the people that we say that we are here to serve. But that relationship should always be extraction. Mm. If you really study King, it, it wasn't about, right? Like, it's not about becoming them. Mm hmm it's oh, having yeah. a clear analysis that we will never be them. They will mm -hmm. never impart on us the benefits, power, and privilege that they in, in impart on white folks. That is just not the way white supremacy works. So what can we extract? And where mm -hmm. I think, and where I think, like you said, I'm going to lift up the Ferguson activists, and I struggled with this slogan when I first heard it, but I think it's so right right now. This is not your grandparents' civil rights movement. <laughs> right. Right. This yeah. this is a movement where we are demanding we get back to a place of extraction for immediate relief for the people. And if there are going to be people in those seats, the job is to hold them accountable, not to have coffee with them. When you're talking right. about a local chapter that spent eight years standing in solidarity with Libby Schaff under whose eight year term conditions for black people in this city. Yeah. Got so dire. That's a problem. So, so you are being yeah. a balanced by uh, unbi uh, not unbiased. You're not unbiased, which is why you get nasty comments like I do <laughs> in the Chronicle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, I, I, you, you're, I think you are having a more balanced conversation than I am because I find I find what is happening infuriating. No, I get that you. I get it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying, and I think like, and, and that's and that's fair. That's super fair because. You know, you and I both know that uh, important social movements don't rely on cozy relationships with politicians. If that is a key part of how you think you need to get things done, then you need to rethink how you're going about your work. Like revolutionaries don't worry about being able to, you know, sit at the same table with folks and ensure that those folks are comfortable. Like sometimes you got to make the room very uncomfortable to get the change you want. And so I think for any, you know, and, and, and that goes back to, I think the, the, the NAACP has to be more willing to embrace. All right. Uh, let me go back a little bit. When I say like more willing to embrace like the, the current climate, like uh, one of the things I pointed out in the column is that the NAACP was fighting for a police chief to be reinstated 
on the heels of like the last few years of these black and brown youth led movements around like reimagining what public safety is and decreasing the power of the badge and saying that the institution of policing has flaws to its core, where even the most like progressive person you put at the top that rose through the ranks can have those flaws as well. Like the, those young black and brown youth, those those youth led movements have very. It's not corrupt. just youth. It's, it's well, people. That's just people younger than them. Let's say let's say people younger than them. That's 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 what I'm getting at. Because I want to expand the pool of people that are making this demand to you know reflect what it really is. Yeah, that's that, and and I think I always think of the NAACP as like elders because they are an older group. So yeah, you're right. Like anybody younger than them, and they have a very clear view of like how corrupt that institution can be. And they're like, we need you know to the studs changes from here. And so if that is happening you know, in the backdrop, and then you have this, you know, you have the NAACP that's fighting for a police chief. It just looks wrong. It looks like you're not properly reading the room. And I think that's significant. Like you have to, you have to take those things into account. It just feels like at the very least, they're not, you know. I'm going to connect some dots here, and I'm sorry if it makes you feel uncomfortable. You can no, go to, for like, it. Say, say, say the next thing, Kat. Well, I don't want to scare you into not coming on my show again. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just, I just want to I, I wanna connect some dots here, right? And you actually referenced some of this in the article. The, 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 the black bourgeoisie, which is what the NAACP is and represents, those are their politics, right? Um, they were part of the black neoliberal um, c- c- coalition um, mm-hmm. that supported uh, Lauren Taylor. Right. Mm-hmm. And Lauren Taylor was Libby's candidate. I already said that the NAACP had had this cozy relationship with with Libby. And so they were in turn then supporting Lauren Taylor, um, not because he'd done anything great for black folks. And he actually was just going to continue Libby's legacy. He lost. Shang Tao won. And then she had the audacity to hold another so another one of their folks accountable. And so what they are protesting is the loss of power. I don't even really think it's about LeBron. It is the the their the clause that the Libby Chef administration and and her the folks she was puppeteering are mm. gasping their last breaths and people are mad. Mm. That's what yeah. I think. No, that's a that's a I, I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, that is a fair Because why else would you align yourself with someone as vile and violent as you know who I won't say his name on the airways? People can yeah. Google it and put him on your political action board. A man that literally pulled a weapon on people in a Zoom meeting to push his political point. Mm. But well, if look, you look at his rhetoric, right, it lines yeah. up to attack the new administration in a way that they're looking to do. I hear what you, yeah, no, I get exactly what you're saying. Also, think about this, too. Like, this this is also a concerning element of all this. The, um, so, yeah, you're right, like, the NAACP backed Lauren Taylor, and even when I spoke to some of the members, like, they floated the idea, like, uh, eventually recalling the current mayor isn't off the table. And I understand. Yeah, like, I just did a show about that madness yesterday. Go ahead. <laughs> so, but you know what? But you know, if you think about 
over the last like a uh, couple of years, the people who have weaponized recalls and mm-hmm. you know the first mistake a prog- progressive makes, they're like, get them out of office. Like we need to get our candidate in there. Are Republicans and conservatives like that's a Republican playbook move to immediately want to recall if you're you know to to immediately recall a progressive candidate if they makes a decision like a small decision or or some early decision that you don't agree with and so <laughs> that's for the republican playbook but the more logical side would be to say okay let's foster a conversation and see how we, you know, what the disconnect was, because we're both on the same side politically, let's figure it out. And so it is a little bit, it's it's concerning to say the least to, to hear like how quickly the idea of a, of a recall has come up. Yep, and we don't have time to get into it, but I'm going to bring you back because I also want to talk about what else is concerning is about the identity politics mm. that are at play and an attempt to to widen the divide between the Asian and the black community in the service of a political agenda, Mm. deeply concerning uh, to me. But I'm out of time. Promise you'll come back. Hey, look, you, Kat, you already know. I'm I'm down for whatever. I'm I'm, I'm all up for it. And I appreciate uh, your your columns so much. Y'all check out Justin Phillips at the San Francisco Chronicle, his recent article um, uh, about the uh, NAACP. If I have it way down here. What's the name of your article, Justin, so they can look for it? The uh, So the headline is, as the Oakland NAACP battles for fired police chief, it also fights for its relevance. And if you just... If you go to, if you just Google Justin Phillips, SF Chronicle, like all my stuff will pop up for you. That's right. And uh, I, he's got another one out about the legacy of the Black Panther Party uh, and preser- yeah. preser- its preservation, which is very dope. All right, my brother, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. All right, Kat. Talk to you later. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law & Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law & Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.